Welcome to our Think Kingdom podcast. We want to welcome you to week four in our throwback series, Rock the Bells. How about we sit and learn Jesus today? Let's go ahead and jump in and see what God's word has for us from our lead pastor, Antoine Lassiter. I believe this is week four of uh, Rock the Bells. Now, if uh, uh, Bells is a catchy acronym for uh, to be is blessing others. That that one thing that we have to understand about being believers is not all about us. Okay, maybe it is. Okay, tough crowd. Okay, so uh, bless other people, and then Tufu he uh, preached on eating with others and and what meals can do. There's nothing like a table that can bring uh, people together. And then Pastor Ramon spoke on listening to the Holy Spirit. Um, And I'm going to unpack listening, I'm sorry, learning from Jesus. And then next week is sent, um, living a sent life, S-E-N-T. And being sent merely means being missional. And so I want you to think, we use these terms, they're uh, sort of religious terms, and so I'm, I'm just going to drill things down to a lower common denominator, not be, for me to insult your intelligence, but to really make it very practical and put it out there. So when you hear the word missional, uh, that word is mission, and we get the word missionaries from that word mission. And so when we speak of missionaries, we always think of people going to a foreign land, right? But to a believer, the world is a foreign land. So we are just passing through, um, waiting for the return of the king, of our king. And so being uh, missional minded or being missional simply means that um, we are acting as foreign ambassadors to a world. And so we proclaim, declare, decree the gospel of Jesus Christ. So to think kingdom, see what I did there, is to take the knowledge, the actions, and the behavior and practices of our King, King Jesus, talking to believers, into every area or arena of our lives. In other words, first, the King must be active in us. So we can't think kingdom if the King is not active in us. Um, so uh, we take the rule of Christ, um, and so to Think kingdom simply means to take every knowledge, action that we know about King Jesus into every area of our lives internally and then externally. So the kingdom, say the kingdom. I'm going to need for y'all to help me to preach. Say the kingdom begins in us. All right, so how does it begin in us, Pastor? Because we, we, I've been attending church, I've been reading stuff, and so I, I get it. Y'all got cool T-shirts. What does it mean to think kingdom? Think kingdom. The kingdom begins in us when we repent. Okay? So we can't think kingdom if we haven't repented of our sins. So uh, the, the kingdom begins in us, Jewel, my favorite niece. Well, not, well... My oldest niece. We just had another niece. So, yeah. Um, So we repent of our sins. We believe in Jesus. And here's the caveat. We repent of our sins. 
We believe in Jesus and we follow him. It's not just listening to Jesus, it's also obeying. So as believers, we want to create these missional habits. Remember what the word missional means, right? Mission, we're on mission and these habits. Now, the missional aspect is to take the knowledge, actions, behaviors, and practices of the good news of Jesus into everywhere uh, we go, correct? A habit is something that we do automatically. So you don't think about it, you know, no batteries are required. Um, It's become second nature, instinctive. These are creating these missional habits. So Rock the Bells, B-E-L-L-S, is creating missional habits to advance God's kingdom. And so we make habits by repeating a behavior over and over and over. And that solidifies what uh, psychologists and therapists call a behavior chain. You ever try to tie your shoe but thought about it first and you couldn't? So when we create these habits, it becomes second nature, automatic. All right? So we, we need to constantly and consistently reconnect with Jesus. So how do we reconnect with Jesus? We reconnect with Jesus through the Gospels. We read about Jesus. So if we want to rock the bells, catchy, yeah, I mean, yeah, dance. Yeah, I, I get it, but, but it, it's our hope to create these missional habits to advance God's kingdom. So uh, COVID hits. I hate bringing up that word, but it's among us. Um, so COVID hits, and if we are healthy and, and with Jesus um, and, and rocking the bells, that in spite of crises or crises, yes, in spite of all of that, we rock the bells. We still bless others. A crisis does not determine whether we bless people. Because remember, it's second nature. It's instinctive. It's who we are. And we always, we we do what we believe. And we act out, we behave out what we believe. So if we're going to create these habits, we bless others, whether whether it's uh, convenient or inconvenient. We eat with others, and we, we share a meal, with, and it opens up conversation. We constantly, remember, in the middle of all of these things, we're listening to the Holy Spirit. We set a time, a sad time to listen to the Holy Spirit. We set the environments for, for God to move. Oftentimes, it becomes common for us to say this, God is moving. Well, God is moving whether we see God is moving or not. God has not shown up because think kingdom is in Kannapolis. God has been moving more and far from what we'll ever know. And so oftentimes what I've seen is we take credit for God moving. Oftentimes it's God's grace that we overlook, not man's strategy. But that's something for another time. Um, So I submit to you this last phrase, learning from Jesus. It's simple, but also complicated. And that's where the tension is. Father, I pray that these next moments uh, eliminate and illustrate 
what you want us to know. In Jesus' name, amen. So let me start off with a, uh, a hypothesis. I submit to you that we're all students. Whether you are in college, high school, elementary, whether you haven't opened a textbook in several hundred years, uh, we're all students. And uh, I submit to you that we're all students and followers of someone or something. We're forever learning. Even in our righteous attempts in tribes and corners, uh, we become sort of inundated with knowledge. Uh, Denzel Washington said that if you read a newspaper, um, uh, you are, if you don't read a newspaper, you don't have information. Uh, if you constantly read a newspaper, you have misinformation. And so his um, presupposition is that we have to diligently seek out truth. Because outside of that, it's someone's interpretation of that truth. And so oftentimes we are far removed from truth and we get someone's view of that truth. And so uh, Paul deals with it in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 through 9. Now, remember, we're learning from Jesus. We're rocking bells. Um, and so this is Paul's letter to the church in Corinth. And, he, um, and this is uh, chapter 3, verse 1. For my part, brothers and sisters, I was not able to speak to you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as babies in Christ. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, since you were not ready for it. In fact, you are still not ready because you are still worldly. Ooh. For since there is eve, envy and strife among you, you are, are you not worldly and behaving like mere humans? For whenever someone says, I belong to Paul, and another, I belong to Apollos, are you not acting like mere humans? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? They are servants through whom you believed, and each has the role the Lord has given. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So then, neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. Now, he who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive in his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's co-workers. You are God's field, God's building. Now, uh, we must be careful that we don't spend more time learning our traditions than learning from Jesus. Our traditions can cause us to miss Jesus. Ask the Pharisees. In other words, your favorite preacher, even if it's me, is only an instrument in God's hands to point us to Jesus. And all our traditions should point us to Jesus. And so Paul is reminding them, listen, I understand that, that there is a, a connection with the teacher. And I understand there's a connection with the father. Uh, uh, as it, it, there's, there's, there's these connections and there are people in our lives that we are learning and gleaning from. But Paul's like, do not be mistaken. We are all pointing you back, supposed to be pointing you back 
to Jesus. A friend of mine, his name is Jermaine Morris, he, he, he wrote this. He said, our improper exaltation of Christians' leaders is a sign of unresolved idolatry within ourselves. And so we have to be careful learning from Jesus, not the book on the other book that was written about him. It's learning directly from him. Well, pastor, how do I learn directly from Jesus? I'm so glad you asked. It's called the Bible. Now, I know, it's, I know to some of our more esteemed colleagues, um, they believe in the intellectual gathering of knowledge. I totally agree. But knowledge alone will not get you to see Jesus. Now, you've got to understand what a disciple is. A disciple equals a student plus a follower and a follower. So we have students of, uh, of Jesus but don't necessarily follow. Whoa, what do you mean? There are atheists, there are atheists that are well-versed in the historical knowledge of the Christian Bible, but they do not follow Jesus. And there are followers of Jesus who are following the wrong Jesus because they're not students of Jesus. You see the dichotomy here. You, do you see these messages um, are hard to deal with because there's no one to blame for our illiteracy except ourselves? Bro, I have a Bible app with literally 200 translations. Bro, I don't even know that many words. <laughs> that was actually funny. Um, I don't, but that was funny. Um, it, there's, there's translations that literally speak in the common English, broken English. I mean, we have one um, that I love, um, and, and I'm not trying to get in a debate about whether it's a translation or transliteration. I get it. The message, that's just, it just paraphrases. I mean, there is no excuse for any of us to not know the Bible but we exalt Christian leaders to teach us everything about the Bible. And the Bible is literally, literally in our fingertips, within our reach. And, and so um, when we're talking about learning from Jesus, um, specifically, even the mission of this church uh, uh, is, is to make disciples. But in common English or, or, or common vernacular, it's making uh, students and followers of Jesus. In the sense that we not only listen, Katie, but we obey. So you see the difference in the, in the tension between uh, student and follower? Because what does it profit us to gain the knowledge but don't have the demonstration? I, 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 was, I was reading... Um, about how uh, we, 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 we bring up orthodoxy and we say, this person's doctrine is right, but they have no love. And then they'll say, this person's love is right, but they have no doctrine. I say both are wrong. Because if you have the fullness of who Jesus is, your doctrine and love is right. And so what we have to declare, man, it's, the, it's not the, just the declaration of the gospel, 
the proclamation of it, but it's also the demonstration of it. How do we get the demonstration of the gospel? By learning from Jesus. Bless other people. Eat with others. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Learn from Jesus. I submit to you, everyone has a God, but not everyone has Jesus. We are told in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, he says, come to me. You know, those three words are powerful because we sung a song saying, I surrender. Coming to Jesus is an act of surrendering. Like, like he actually is spelling out. And then, and then check this out. He didn't say, come to me, the folks who think they're strong, because when you think you're strong, you have a misgiving of who you are. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary. I want you, man, look. <laughs> if you're struggling, start with the first three words. Like, it, and then, so weariness, and then burdened. Like, okay, so think about this. We're either struggling with two of those things. Pastor, I'm just tired. Pastor, I just feel like the weight of the world is on my shoulders. You know what Jesus says? Come to me. He says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened. Man, and I will give you rest. Not the 12-step program. I think those can be elements of ministry, so I'm not knocking it. But if we don't come, we don't go to Jesus, and here's the crazy part. It's an act of our own will. That's what makes this, like, it's once we, he, the, the scale is removed from our eyes and we can see, you, you tracking with me? And then we know Jesus, we hear his voice, he knocks on the doors of our hearts, we accept or reject. That's a choice, that's an act of our own will. And then he says in verse number 29, take up my yoke. And this is, and, and this is it, this is it right here. I could drop the mic if I had a, not, not the, it's not as dramatic with this one. And learn from me. Wait, 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 wait. Learn from me. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take up my yoke and learn from me. Why? because I am lowly and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. But this chapter opens up with Jesus giving instructions to his disciples. You go back to, uh, write this down, you go back to uh, Matthew chapter 11, verse one, you, you literally read Jesus giving his disciples instructions. So disciples are students and followers of Jesus, and they've got this constant rhythm of learning and following, learning and obeying, listening and obeying. You have this constantly rhythm, this constant rhythm. Bob Goff said it this way, our problem following Jesus is we're trying to be a better version of us rather than a more accurate reflection of him. We're trying to make better dads, better moms, healthy in our financial states, 
healthy in our physical states. And all those things by itself isn't bad. But we're trying to become updated versions and better versions of us. That's why you can always tell who's discipling who, because they look like each other. And, and the kingdom, the kingdom is so much bigger. Like the kingdom is producing films that glorify God, not just more services that glorify people. The kingdom is so much bigger. It's not a one particular tribe. It's not one particular denomination. The kingdom is bigger than what we express. And then we just make more disciples after the tribe, more disciples after the pastor, more disciples that look like the people that are training them more than they look like Jesus. Man, I, I, I love the different expressions that God in this small church It's beginning to birth because it's showing us just how big his kingdom is. And he only needs a handful of people. That's why we got to pray for Be Fearless. That's why we got to pray for church in Maine. We got to pray for these things because God is birthing his people to reflect him. Amen. We worship movements. But movement was for that particular time. And you know what we try to do? Reproduce what was without embracing what is. I'm the same God today, yesterday, and forever. So we're literally pouring our resources to manufacture movements. And the only thing we have to do is follow Scripture, come to me. Man, are we trying to become better versions of ourselves or more like Jesus? And I submit to you, it's the education, it's the, it's the experience, and it's the environment that's shaping how we see. So it's how you raised up. So I got, I got a, a short amount of time. I want write, to write these scriptures down. Um, you got to understand the apostles, the, the disciples, um, they were... Scholars believe that they were maybe in their teens up until early 20s. Uh, and, and so they grew up, um, Caitlin, with their, with their culture and their belief sort of already intact. They were trained up in the ways of Jewish culture. And some of that belief, you know, was just a part of who they were. And they were teenagers and they were young. That's why there's an emphasis that we have to shift towards our young people uh, because Jesus chose the young. And it's not because they're young. It's because sometimes that us older folks got so much to unlearn. We die at the feet of tradition. We've never done it this way before. What are you talking about? And that was then. Now is now. It's old and new. It's the express. Man. So when you you begin to see the, uh, the growth of the disciples, you you would see how they made mistakes, they broke traditions, and Jesus was like, they're my boys. They didn't even wash their hands. And he's like, man, yeah, they're my boys. And what happens is you got this, this fire burning in the young, 
And we take not the word of the spirit, but the word of our tradition and just pour it out. It, it, it's, it's, mm, mm. and so the apostles, and I just want to pick on Peter because Peter's my dude. Uh, because Peter is, is, is the impulse, an impulsive one. And so um, I'm not going to call any names. But some of the guys that I'm trying to raise up, oh, they make my nerves bad. They so impulsive. They loud. Man, you know who owns them so. And, uh, <laughs> but here's one thing I never want to do. I never want to quench that zeal. So I'm just trying to walk beside them and watch them make mistakes and, and watch them just, why'd you do that? Oh, I just had to. No, you didn't. I, 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 because I'm appreciating the fact that they're not scared. Now that I'm older, I'm more cautious. I'm worrying about falling. Like, it's, it's the craziest, it's the craziest thing. But these guys are running. I can't believe we had another accident with kickball. Now, for those who are north of 40, we're more careful. We're only going to give you 25, 30% tops. These guys are going all out with reckless abandon. So... <laughs> Man, a wounded dog will holler. Okay, so John chapter 13, 15, write this down. For I gave you an example. Woof, Jesus is speaking. For I gave you an example that you should also, you also should do as I did to you. Come on now. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 21. But you did not learn Christ in this way. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him, just as truth is in Jesus. In other words, what you, man, when we should be able to call each other out when we act the way that's counter to Jesus. And I always use the audience test. If I fall tomorrow, it's not a private, mer- uh, private affair between me and my wife. I owe people. I owe you. You are the people that I'm leading. And oftentimes when people fall, it's, it's just between, it's a family matter. Whoa, we are family. How can you preach family and preach accountability in family? And then when you fall, it's private. No, sir. No, it's public because that's your audience. I owe you an explanation. Okay, so, it, it, so, so what Paul is doing in Ephesus, he's, call, he's calling people out. That's not where you were taught. Because we're all what? Learning from Jesus. The second thing that, um, that teaches us or is experience. Okay, so we, 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 we have these environments. I mean, I'm sorry, we have these, the education, how we brought up this. this. You can always tell certain uh, tribes just, I mean, it's, it's funny and it's nothing inherently wrong with it, but you can always tell, like you can always tell, uh, I can't use an example that's not offensive, so I won't. Um, but you can always tell, uh, 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 a disciple of a certain movement. And you could always tell that certain people that are um, um, uh, congregating together, they got a certain swag, right? And, and so what happens is it's because it's not an inherently bad thing. It's just, man, that, that founder or whomever it was, he had a certain char- char- um, characteristic that was sort of put out in everyone. And so he trained and then they trained and they trained. And then you could like, yeah, you must be a Calvinist. You must be a reform guy. You must be a, yeah. And they got these little nuances. The problem is when we know more about the nuances than we do Jesus. 
Yeah, I just got disinvited to <laughs> several things. All right, so experience. So experience is teaching us. Experience, not education, changed Paul. The Apostle Paul. He grew up knowing the Jewish law and knowing that the Messiah was coming. His education taught him that the Messiah was on his way. And he started persecuting people who said they saw the Messiah. And he was like, nope. But you know what his experience did for him? Knocked him off his high horse. See what I did there? That experience. And some things can't be taught. Some things have to be caught. It's amazing when you start speaking about the Holy Spirit. As if you can control the Holy Spirit. And so when the Holy Spirit really unleashes in this church, from the pulpit, I'm going to be uncomfortable all the way to the floor. Because remember, we've been educated in a certain tradition. And when things get new to us, we don't know how to act. Where's your Bible for that? Jesus is walking on the water. They ain't ever seen Jesus walk on the water. What does that even look like? Some said it was a ghost. But it's the young dude. If it's you, you tell me to come out there. I need a bunch of penis around me. I might still be in the boat, but uh, you go and let us watch. And I'll write. Experiencing Jesus changed Zacchaeus, this wicked tax collector, collecting money that won't even hear he had an experience with Jesus. Hey, Jesus, I paid back everything. Who told you to do that? Because my experience with Jesus calls me to pay back reparations. And it calls me to reconcile. Man, we need an experience with Jesus. The third thing is environment. One thing that I'm going to talk to you guys about is hospitality. Because something happens when we get the environment right of encouraging one another. And Jesus shows his hospitality. You look at the book of James, and James deals with uh, partiality. You know what I'm saying? Like, we give, the, uh, we give the special seats to the VIPs. And he's like, nah, we, we don't do that. Because everybody has to feel welcomed. And so sometimes, depending on what environment you're in, is whether you're going to be used or not. You know, it's your background. And, and, and I'm here to say that God is realigning how I see that this Sunday gathering, hour and some, and hour and some half, and we get really froggy at two hours, um, isn't the greatest expression of the Christian experience. It's going to a ball game. And hanging out with Christian friends. It's at your table. It's at VBS and looking at these kids run around and getting tired. You getting tired. It's using your gifts for the kingdom. But you got to understand the environment in which we all create. Like this last few weeks has been very humbling for me. Um, because... You may not know this about me, but I always have something to say. (laughs) 
And to see the different expressions, to, to hear, and then like, like writing notes, like, oh man, I, I could, and then realizing like, no, this is for me. This is like, but we got to create environments where the different gifts can go forth. It's not just preaching, teaching. It's not that. It's all of it. Like I, I um, and this is more pastoral, so if uh, you're watching and um, you're just a guest, you can flip. You can speed up about a minute. It's just, um, but seeing the gifts go forth. Like we're in this pandemic. And so although I'm aware of it, you know, like we, we had Tiffany, for example. It's little, little stuff, man. Not, not, I'm just going to show you the gifts of family. Right? So every time I touched the doorknob, it got Lysol, literally. Because she wants to, her gift to VBS was keeping everybody safe. So when the kids walked in, I mean, they were like, hey. In a loving way. Right? And then my wife was making sure that the kids are going to eat. And then we had teachers that, that stepped up. Alana, Amanda, sweet. Then we had all these, I mean, if you're watching, you're like, what does these decorations have to do with the message? I know you're wondering, like, they keep using this prop. I don't get it. Well, but every gift. And so, that, so to me, that's just a small demonstration of what family is supposed to do. And so I want you to look at how the education, the experience, and the environment leads to two foregone conclusions. And I submit to you, It'll either cause us to be Christ-ish or Christ-like, right? And so Christ-ish is sort of, kind of. It's more transactional. Christ-like is transformational. And those are the two distinctives that I believe that it moves us from the cultural expression of Christianity to the demonstration of it. The demonstration is beyond the preaching, teaching on Sunday and the serving. Christ-ish is just serving because, you know, it's good. We're supposed to. But Christ-like is having a servant's heart. Um, Christ-like is resembling or showing the spirit of Christ. Quality, qualities like forgiveness. Being kind. Obedient. Dependable, reliable. We take Christ-like his habits. Romans 8 and 29. Um, believers are to be conformed to the likeness of his son. The likeness, Christ-like. Philippians uh, 1 and 6. I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to the completion and to the day of Jesus Christ. Um, so though it's the transformational nature of the gospel as I surrender and I begin to listen to the Holy Spirit, learn from Jesus, which leads to obedience. I pray when I don't feel like it. There are habits that we are creating that are transformational. That's why Paul, I mean, well, that's why the writer of Hebrews said, don't forsake the gathering." Because the expression of Christ is seen in a surrender community. 
Tony can speak into me. Smile, pastor, smile. I am smiling on the inside. And he can push back. We can walk and, and know that every step that I've taken and every doorknob that I've, I've touched has not only been sanctified by the Spirit, but sanitized by Tiffany. It's walking <laughs> in the fullness of those things. Christ is, is more transactional. I'm volunteer. I come to church. I should see some benefits by now. Right? It's the, the appearance, but no real change. And so I can, can, I can sort of, uh, my wife and I, um, we, can, we, can, we can hold hands and smile and get in the car because it's behavioral. And, that's, and no one can get close and see, whoa, and if they do, whoa, time for us to leave because those people don't know love. No, they do. They just exposed you. So holding to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5, I give you Bible, holding to the form of godliness, the shape of it, the language of it, but denying its power. You want us to win the world? Make sure God has won you. We bring people, it's crazy, right? We bring people to the church, counting on them to hold on to Sunday. You just wait till you meet my pastor. Ooh. Dude, today's Tuesday. Do you know what could happen between today and Sunday? Are you kidding me? But what if you brought Jesus to them? Oh, what if you open your table? Man, what, what, if, what if you started? Listen, you have, a co- you have permission. Let me see it in the camera. You have permission to start a Bible, sc- a Bible study, a church in Jesus' name. If I believe in the Holy Spirit, if the Holy Spirit is in you and the Holy Spirit is in me, what's the problem? Well, just let's make sure the Holy Spirit is in us. I don't want us to become more like us. I don't want Think Kingdom to become more like Think Kingdom. I want us to become more like Jesus. And we can't become more like Jesus until we know more about Jesus. We must learn who Jesus is and become like Jesus by surrendering to his Holy Spirit. Christ is, is this, in this culture is never enough. I would argue that being Christ-ish isn't good enough in any culture. We take the parts of Jesus that we like while dismissing the other parts. We must become more preoccupied with Christ than anything else. And the example and teaching of Jesus must be the cornerstone for our lives. But it starts with knowing Jesus. And we can't become effective missionaries. Remember, we are kingdom citizens in a foreign land as ambassadors to Christ, spreading the good news. And we can't become, we can't spread the, the gospel. We can't advance the kingdom if we don't know them. So there are times that, that there are things that we must unlearn. Remember, there's some things that we believe that don't even line up with Scripture. 
but we won't know that until we read Scripture. So the point isn't to learn more about Scripture per se. It's to learn more about Jesus. And the Scripture teaches us about Jesus. And so the experience, the education, the experience, and the environment, my prayer is that this church, the people, become exposed to Jesus in all of what we can handle. Because these patterns of thinking become paradigms. And these paradigms become movements. And so if this church is going to be a movement, then we need to have a healthy understanding of who Jesus is or in the quest of creating movements, we'll be literally moving far away from Jesus. And we don't memorize scripture for knowledge alone, but so it can become a living, breathing part of us. We study and learn about Jesus through scripture because, as Colossians 1 and 5 says, Jesus is the visible, visible, Jesus is the visible, visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. We're following a person, not a book. But the book is about the person of Jesus. So here's what I want you to do um, before we meet again. Some action steps. Number one, I want you to write down some things you know about Jesus. So I need you to get your phones out, take notes. I'm going to challenge you to do this week in your study and devotion time. So I want you to write down what you know about Jesus. Just everything you know about Jesus. And then I want you, the first question is, what do you know about Jesus? Then the second thing is, how do you know these things? Some of us can say, hey, I was taught. And some of us say, hey, I think I read a book about and then I want you to take the Bible and see if those things line up. And for some of us, we're going to be shocked. There are many great books that are written. That newsflash, they're not biblical. I know, I know. I'm not going to call any names out. But if it's not lined up in Scripture, what's the reference point? So three things, write down everything you know about Jesus. Second is, how do you know these things? Three, once you reconcile those two things, to ask you yourself one question. From what you do know, and what was aligned in scripture, and why don't you talk about Jesus? What can you do to advance his kingdom? These are eight things that I'm going to leave you with that they say, men that are smarter than me, that in terms of maturity in Christ, maturing in Christ, these are the eight things that are sort of attributes of being matured in Christ, right? Once you take a snapshot of it, all of it's going to be put up. Once you take a picture of it. First thing is Bible engagement. How often you engage. Now, we're talking about spiritual maturity. You got to remember the disciples were raised up. So I'm not saying if, if you pick up the Bible once a year, that's not I'm saying it's, it's being matured. Uh, it's maturity. Bible engagement. It was like, that's the thing 
that speaks of spiritual maturity. The second thing is obeying God and denying self. So, hey, I want to, but this goes against God. That's a sign of maturity. Serving God and others. You see it? Serving God and others. Uh, the fourth thing is sharing Christ. Sharing Christ. The fifth thing is exercising faith. Sixth is seeking God. I want you to see this. It stops with Bible engagement. Obeying God and denying self. Serving God and others. Sharing Christ. Exercising faith. Seeking God. Seven, building relationships. I can do all those things, but I don't mess with people. That's why I draw the line. Okay. And eight is being unashamed. Not using your, your, your testimony or your transparency to glorify you, but to point people back to Jesus. Sometimes, man, I, we... Sometimes we share our testimony as if we're the hero of it. And I prayed and I fasted and and God just, okay, you prayed and fasted, but God was still merciful. Don't you fool yourself. He does what he wills. These are the eight attributes of discipleship. And if we're going to be learners of Jesus or learning from Jesus, that's why, you know, we, tr- we try to centralize. And these, are, these are habits that corporately we try to do. And there's a purpose behind it. We try to centralize Bible study, women's Bible study, men's Bible study, small groups. And the reason why we do that is because it's, the Bible is what grows us. But if the only thing that we're waiting for is the men's group or Sunday, we're not growing. It's Bible engagement. I'm praying that we have a church that has marks of maturity. We're being matured because we, 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 we do these, these missional habits because let's just be real. If we're trying to rock the bells and we're not engaging scripture, we're moving in our own strength and we're going to reproduce folks who move in their own strength. And when they, Helen Baylor, hit a wall, and we see them move, and we see them not mature, it's because of what we fail to do. The beautiful thing about discipleship that I'm learning in this season beautiful thing is it's it's a mutual submission you can't make anyone become a disciple that don't want to become a disciple so we can't make you engage your Bibles 
can't make you serve, can't make you share Christ. Because it starts with surrendering to the one that called you. If Pastor Antoine doesn't know you're sinning and that gives you comfort, then you missed it. It's God. In other words, if we're doing all of this as unto the Lord, serving, all these things that we offer as a church, we're doing it as unto the Lord. Pastor Antoine with the next sale in Rock the Bells, Learning Jesus. Let us continue to strive to be Christ-like and not just Christ-ish. If you are blessed by anything you hear on this podcast and you feel led to give, feel free to text the word GIVE to 704-741-3705. And if you're anywhere near Charlotte or the surrounding areas, come by and visit us at 465 South Cannon Boulevard in Kannapolis, North Carolina. Or you can join us online every Sunday at 1033 a.m. on Facebook and YouTube. And while you're there, go ahead and hit that subscribe button on YouTube and Facebook and follow us on Instagram under Think Kingdom. And as always, you can go back, hear this message, the entire Rock the Bell series right here on our Think Kingdom podcast.